Hello, and welcome to The Bro Show. I'm your host, Jake Harwood, and my name is still the same. How are you doing on this fine, fine day? It's a Friday. It's a May 3rd. It's a Cinco de Trace, if you will. It's two days before the Cinco de Mayo. It's a tequila weekend, if that's your thing. For me, it's Friday. I think TGIF, and I'm not saying thank God it's Friday. I'm saying the grind includes Friday. Some people want to throttle back, take the brakes down real hard, slow it down because it's Friday and they start slow rolling at work. And by the, after lunch, they're on the nosedive downhill thinking about the weekend. Productivity's going down. They're not thinking about crushing it for the next four hours. And then the weekend, they sure as shit ain't crushing it. That ain't me, man. TGIF, the grind includes Friday. Love that one. I read that one a long, long, long time ago. Never forgot it. TGIF, I couldn't agree more. If you're thinking, thank God it's Friday, whatever you're doing during the week, it ain't the right thing. It ain't something you love to do. I can tell you that for sure. Because if you're looking forward to the weekend, that means you're trying to escape your Monday through Friday. I'm not trying to escape my Monday through Friday. Every day is a good day in this world. So, welcome to the show, y'all. Welcome to the show. As you can tell, I'm a little more upbeat today. Uh, last podcast we talked about, um, I got a little more in depth and emotional than I had planned or foreseen, and uh, which is good because it's uh, it's real and raw. And had I uh, thought about it or wrote it, what I was going to read and write and talk about, I probably wouldn't have got nearly as emotional, and it wouldn't have been real. So I went to that funeral. Um, I actually ended up going about an hour early. Went and saw a friend of mine. Uh, attempted to play a game of cribbage before we had a, a little drink. If I'm being honest. Um, I had a little screwdriver action, nothing serious. Uh, I was at his parents' house, talked to his parents, hadn't seen him in a long time. Went over to the funeral, and uh, it was good. It was uh, it was huge. There were so many people there, um, and I think that speaks highly to uh, the type of person he is and he was, and that kind of just backs up what I was talking about in the previous one. So huge turnout, um, so many good people there, so many of my good, good friends I haven't seen for so long were there. Um, a lot of the families I haven't seen for so long that had a role in my life were there. Um, exchanged a ton of hugs, uh, a ton of handshakes. And, you know, it's a funeral and it's going to be sad. And I, uh, you know, me and all the fellas, there's probably about 10 of us, all eight to 10 of us all sat together. And, you know, beforehand we walked through the doors and they're handing out Kleenexes. Well, I grabbed a couple and, you know, a lot of the guys didn't. And I, I chuck, I, I laughed and I said, I grabbed one extra just in case one of y'all need one. And, um, you know, we're guys, you know, we don't really cry that much, but, uh, you know, openly I, I shed some tears in the funeral. Um, I definitely fought hard to keep them back or else I, you know, I just, I didn't want to get, I just, I don't know. I just didn't want to be the super crier guy over there. Okay. I felt like I want to be strong that way. You know, when I saw Jason and the kid, you know, the, the actual kids and the ones that were really hurting, you know, I could be a strong, solid face for them. And, you know, so anyway, it was really good. And, uh, in those, tough times and those rough times, you know what the, the positive, the cool thing is this, it brings people together. Uh, maybe people have lost track for even a moment. Um, even if perspective has been skewed, um, if somehow you've just forgotten what your purpose is or your path or your goal or your what, whatever it is you're trying to achieve or your dreams, maybe perhaps you forgot when you're in a moment like that and you really allow yourself to be there in the moment. I, I, I think you you appreciate the breaths you're taking a little bit more. You appreciate the moments a little bit more. And it gives you that time to slow down, 
Look around. Take a big old inhale, exhale. Recenter and refocus. Because in those moments when it's so close to you, you realize just like that, it's all done. Just like that, it's all gone. The pastor that was there speaking, and he talked about that. He talked about he knows people are mourning and how... You know, so many people probably just want, they just want one more moment with him. If they could just get one more hug or, you know, probably his wife probably just wanted one more kiss or the sons maybe, you know, just one more day with dad or, you know, they love baseball. They all play baseball so much. I bet you they wanted just one more, one more pitch with dad at the park. If I could just go to the park one more time with dad and have him throw me some wiffle balls and hit and joke and laugh and run around the bases. If I could just have that one more time. If I could just grab one more beer after the ballpark with pops. And that's natural for people to think that way. And it makes me think about what I'm doing. And hopefully it makes you think about what you're doing. And inevitably, people are going to think that way. And it's a reminder that when it's done, it's done. That we don't have control. We don't have a. We're not God. We don't decide when it's done. And when it's done, it's done. And there's no more redos. There's no more one mores. There's no more one more time. One more hug. One more kiss. One more whatever it is. So my bros, my peeps, just keep that in mind. Like just crush it. Crush it. And, uh, you know, since that funeral, I've been a little tired. I've, I've slept a little more in the last few days than I had probably in the last few months. Um, just been pretty beat down. But uh, I'm waking up and I'm thinking like positivity, man. I'm thinking like live this life up. Like do the things you want to do. Do what you think is the right things to do. Do what makes you feel good. Live. Feel alive. The hell with other people's opinions, thoughts, anything. Just go. Be a free, free bird and just freaking crush it. And I hope you crush it. I really do. You know, my buddy, Brian, who's actually in town, and he's going to be coming by um, actually this evening, and uh, we'll be playing some cribbage on this very place where I sit right now, and we'll probably have a few dual cocktails, laugh. We're going to watch the Blazers game tonight and uh, kick it. Just throw back, you know, have a good old time, and uh, it's going to be good. Oh, and, and side note, when I was at that funeral, what I wanted to also say was, as much as I shed the tears and I cried during the podcast and it was painful, you know, that the, out of death, there, there's a lot of, you can find positivity if you look for it. And man, I have not laughed that much in a two, three hour window. That two, three hours, I probably laughed more and harder than I have in the past two, three months. Probably easy. Sitting around with all my buddies, laughing, telling stories, talking about crazy stuff, stuff we used to do, stuff we do now. We were telling stories about, you know, when Jason's dad was alive and just some of the stuff we do at Jason's house and like just reminiscing. I mean, it was, it was so good, so painful for the soul, but so good for the soul. And to see all those guys, man, and give them all big old hugs and see everybody, um, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable. So out of that pain, I mean, comes some greatness and it was just really refreshing and uh, it was awesome. So anyway, Brian's coming overnight. Anyway, I'm playing cribbage with Brian the other day and he says to me, he was talking shit to me, by the way, during the cribbage game. Uh, but he says to me, you know, Jake, fortune favors the bold. 
And I'll say that one more time. That's fortune favors the bold. And I laughed and I said, dude, you're not bold right now. There's no bold moves you're making right now. So th this fortune is called luck at the moment. You're just getting cards dealt to you. You're not, you don't have a high level of skill. So Brian, if you listen to this, remember this, dude, I'm calling you out on here. It wasn't your skill, bro. It was luck. But I thought about that quote this morning when I woke up. I woke up about 4.14 a.m., I believe. 4.16 a.m., excuse me. And when the alarm went off, within 30 seconds of laying there thinking, man, I got to get up, I thought, fortune favors the bold. And why do I share that with you? Just a little reminder to you right now to be bold. Whatever it is, be bold in. For me, this podcast, man, I can go off for days now, hours, if I, I mean, I really could, but I, I cut them down just so that uh, you as the listener don't get bored out of your mind or don't text me and tell me to shut it down a little earlier, but I could go. And this is part of the uh, the first thing. I mean, I talked about doing this thing years ago and I finally turned on a mic, started doing it. And now I just enjoy it. Now I look forward to doing it and I find minutes in the day so I can do it. And I'm more and more making more and more bold moves. And it's funny how things like that happen because that saying, although he said it in a moment of playing cards and, you know, was simply just being a cocky little cocky Brian that he is and uh, being funny. But um, I thought about that saying and I thought I'd pass it on to you. So remember that fortune favors the bold. Got to be bold, man. Got to be bold in this life. Got to do bold things. Can't get stuck in the nine to five and wait for the three to six percent pay increases each year and wait for the safe 401k and hope that you retire by the time you're 65 that you have enough money to live through and you can travel and do stuff. Then why would you do that? Why? That's not bold. There's no fortune in that. There's nothing bold about that at all. You really just want to work for somebody and build their dreams while they're smashing life? Because when you come to death, dying time, You know what you think about? You think about the things you didn't do. Those regrets start coming through. You don't want to have them. That's my warning, bro to bro. Think about it. So as you all probably know by now, I spent some time at the gym. Um, I spent some time working at the gym because I own a small one with a with my buddy Mike. And um, I also go to the gym and I train. I lift. I work out a lot. I love it. I just absolutely love it. At this point in my life, I love it. And uh, it's my thing. And I'm there a lot, and as a result, I see a lot of people in there. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that uh, maybe don't go as hard as I do or don't have the same uh, reason for being there. You know, some of them are there to socialize, and some of them are there to just lift a little bit of weight, and some of them are there to take some selfies, and some of them are there to break sweat, and some of them are there to lose weight, gain weight, whatever it is. And just the other day, A guy that I sometimes, as I spoke about before, I try to kind of avoid at times. He says, man, he's like, hey, how's it going? You know, I said, great, always great, always great. And he goes, man, every time I see you working so hard. And I looked at him and I just said, yeah. And I asked him a question and he didn't have an answer, by the way. And I looked at him like probably dead serious. And I just said, Yeah. Why would I come here and not go as hard as I can? And he just kind of looked at me and he didn't answer me. And then I said, that's just how I approach things. And his name's Jim, by the way. In case he ever hears it, Jim, I'm talking about you, buddy. I said, Jim, that's how I approach things. 
I said, I'm going to go as hard as I can. Why, why would you do anything different but go as hard as you can? And then I don't remember honestly what he said to me because at that point I started to check back out and think about my lift because, well, I knew that this wasn't a... This wasn't an uplifting combo. This wasn't positivity coming my way. There was nothing of value coming back. Um, so yeah, that's my thought process is, uh, you know, why am I going to go to a gym and not go hard as shit? You know, why am I not going to try to crush it? Why am I going to do anything and not really try to go hard? To me, it's just not in my DNA. It's just not who I am. And it's just always interesting that people... Like it's almost as if they want to pull you down because you're working so hard. The guy wants to stop and talk to me to slow me down to somehow maybe in his head like get me to question why I'm going so hard and maybe not go as hard. So then therefore maybe they don't feel as bad about not going that hard. But that's the thing. If you go hard, I talked about showing up before. 90% of it is showing up. And if you do that, you got 90% of the world beat, which is a huge step. Now if you show up and then you freaking crush it when you do show up and you go hard as balls, guess what? Now you're probably up in the top two, three percent, okay? Because there's not that many two, three out of a hundred people up in the gym are going to go hard. Two to three out of a hundred people in the office are going to go really, really hard. Everybody else is going to show up, do what they got to do for whatever their purpose is, and they're going to be on their little merry way. So show up, keep crushing it, go hard. You'll slowly climb to the top. Just keep grinding, keep climbing. Even if it seems like you're not getting anywhere, keep grinding and climbing. And I'm not trying to just boast about myself, but I'll tell you what, I've been working out ballpark. Uh, I'm 36 now, uh, you know, probably 10 years or so is like when I started going to the gym, maybe 11 years, didn't know shit. Um, in the last probably six or seven, eight years, I actually started to know something. Um, in the last four, I started to really know things. Um, in the last two, I've really dedicated myself to the craft. And in the last year and a half, this is all I've been doing. I teach it all day long. I'm around it all day long. I work out all day long. I carve out time all day long to make sure I get what fills my cup up. And I do that for me. And I carve out time because that's important to me. And uh, I've really grown in it. And looking back, if you would ask me eight years ago, six years ago, four years ago, even, you know, like if I felt like I was somehow like propelling forward, um, I would have said, oh, hell no, not at all. Like I'm just, I'm just trying to move. I'm just trying to work hard. And now, you know, now I got more people talking to me, more people asking me questions. And I start to realize, like, I'm not some freak of nature. I don't have these dynamo genetics at all. I just show up all the time. Like, anybody that knows me know, I show up to the gym all the time. I think some people think I'm crazy because I lose, I miss sleep. I go to the gym. It doesn't matter. Um, I am tired. I go to the gym. I haven't eaten for like seven, eight hours straight. I still go to the gym. Like, I just, I don't. I don't ever find reasons to miss. I always find reasons to go. Um, and some people just think I'm crazy. But I'll tell you what, that's the part of 90% is showing up. And then the next percentage is just going hard as balls and you just start to climb. So anyway, that's my little motivation for you. Keep climbing, keep working. So one other little point I'd like to make. Other people at the gym, you know, they always say, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, the generic question, hey, how's it going? Great. Always. Or good. Always good. How can it be a bad day? And it's funny when you answer like that, people look at you like you're crazy, like you're some kind of weirdo. Like, wait, you don't have problems. You're not going to like complain. You're not going to tell me something. You're not going to tell me something we're going wrong. You're not tell me about your wife, your kids, your job, your this, your that, your dad, anything. Nah, dude, it's good. How can it be a bad day in the gym? Every day is a good day. The other day, a trainer at the gym said, dude, 
He said, how's it going? Before I could answer, he said, let me guess, going really good? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And he goes, man, I love that. When you're positive, people enjoy that. So stay positive, my peeps. Anywho, I've been rambling for a little bit. I wanted to share that. Hey, I want to read something to you. I'm going to read something directly. Ver freaking Batum, right off this dock, okay? I talked about the teacher strike um, a couple of podcasts ago. Not the strike, excuse me, the walkout that was planned for May 8th. And um, I voiced my opinion on it, and I'm sure I offended some. And I encouraged others and excited others with my thoughts. Um, I still don't agree with it. I know it's going down. I know it's going to happen next Wednesday. I could give you multiple reasons why I know for sure this is happening. And, but uh, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, nor do I want to call anybody out on why I do know this for a hundred percent. I know it for multiple reasons, multiple sources at this point, And it's just unreal to me. What I do have in front of me is this. I have the document in which the teachers do get talks a little bit about this thing. And I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to read this. I got my hands on it. I'm not going to say how or what or why, but I got my hands on it, and I'd like to read it to you. I'm going to read it verbatim to you exactly what this thing says. And this is why they're walking out on May 8th for one freaking school day, a random Wednesday. This is why they're walking out. Oh, and I did find out they do not get paid. However, they can probably roll it into another day at the end of the year and make sure they get paid for it. So it's not like they lose the day. Now they just pick a new calendar day and add one on there. (laughs) HB, HB. 3427, Student Success Act. And there's a link to proposal in here, which I plan on looking at at another time. I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to read pretty fast here. These are the legislature's priorities for additional revenue that could be raised through HB 3427. Their proposal would invest an additional $2 million into Oregon pre-K through 12 schools, putting the total budget within striking distance of the $10.7 billion recommended by the quality education model. I'm going to pause, and I'll get back to reading. I got to look and see what the hell this quality education model is and who put together this model and what this model is dictating, forecasting, etc. $10.7 billion recommended for the Oregon schools. That's a big chunk of change. Anyway, back to the read. These funds are dedicated and specific, investing directly into classrooms and support students who are most in need. Wait for it. Prioritizing students of color and other historically disadvantaged students. I'm going to read that one more time. And if you can't tell by my tone, I'm starting to be a little pissed off and offended. These funds, these funds, are dedicated and specific, investing directly into classrooms and support students who are most in need, prioritizing students of color and other historically disadvantaged students. If you don't like bad language, if you don't like my opinion, you might want to plug your ears. This is what I have to say to that. Are you fucking kidding me? That is the verbiage that you use on the back end within all your little teachers and stuff. Shame on you. And I will go into that here in a minute. What does this investment mean? If passed, and this is all highlighted right here, this investment would be the largest education investment and revenue package in state history. (laughs) Congratulations. 
The Quality Education Commission says the gap between current service level funding and QEM for the 2019 through 2021 biennium is $1.963 billion. The Student Success Act would invest $1.5 billion every two years, and this is parenthesized, plus $400 million for early education and $100 million for student success teams and other statewide programs directly into K through 12 schools. And then it's got a graph here of this, these dollars. Where would the money go? I'm sure you're asking yourself because I'm asking the same damn questions to myself. Address overcrowded and overwhelmed classrooms and schools. A, reduce class size to ensure appropriate student to teacher ratios and staff caseloads. Two, restore programs like CTE, art, music, and PE. I do agree with those. A, broaden curricular options at all levels, including art, music, PE, STEM, education, career technical education, engaging electives, and other critical programs. B, fully fund Measure 98 to expand career technical education options. C, add to accelerated options for students, including talented and gifted programs, which is awesome, advanced placement, international baccalaureate, and dual credit courses. D, provide access to life skills classes. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And I'll tell you why if you really want to know. E, access to trained school librarians. Wait, wait, what? Access to trained school librarians. So what are the school librarians now? Not trained? We just pick somebody off the street and put them in the library and tell them to hand them a kid a book? I don't understand. F, expand learning instructional time. I'm not sure what that means either. I'm curious. Three, I'm going to read a little bit faster here and I'll try to leave out some of my uh, thoughts so that we can get through this. Three, support mental and behavioral health resources, boost community services for all students. A, universal support of free meals. This is a statewide initiative to universally support the free meals. I won't go into that right now, but we are in Oregon and that doesn't surprise me one bit on probably what they're actually trying to do. B, provide grants through SIF that focus on mental and behavioral health needs and reducing disparities for students of color, students with disabilities, students who are English language learners, rural students, students from tribal communities, and low income students. You know what? I'm probably not going to get through this whole letter today, because, but you know what? I'm going to read. I'm going to go back. So I'm going to stop right here. B, provide grants through SIF that focus on mental and behavioral health needs and reducing disparities for students of color, students with disabilities, students who are English language learners, rural students, students from tribal communities, and low-income students. I'm not going to get through this letter today. I just decided I'm stopping. I promise you the next time I record, I'm going to finish this letter in its entirety, and I will start this thing over, but I got to stop here. And this is why. And this is why I love recording live and raw and without anything, because I can do this. That is the second time now they've talked about the disparities for students of color and students with disabilities. And now they mentioned students who are English language learners, which again is, we already know what that means. Rural students. Now those are people out in the boonies. Students from tribal communities. Why that matters, I don't know. And low income students. So now all of a sudden, because your income's low, you have a disparity. This is my problem. And this is the second time I mentioned it. And this is why I said I would go back to this. Let me just throw a scenario at you. I'm not shy about it. I'm a white guy. Now, by all definitions of color, that makes me a color, first of all. But when they use students of color, they're certainly not referring to a white color, are they? 
No, they are not, is the fucking answer to that. And I'm fired up because I do not like this. These are the tones and the words that I do not like. Because why do we have to reference color? And a matter of fact, it's not that we're actually referencing color because by color, by definition, I'm a white guy. The dude over there that's an African-American, well, technically, I guess he's a black guy and the Hispanic guy technically is a brown guy and the Indian guy is a, well, I know what they call them. Sometimes that doesn't make sense because they're actually just a tan guy. Um, and then the white guy that goes to Bahamas, he's actually a brown guy by color definition. So I know what they mean by color. It's actually more of an ethnical thing, but they say students of color. And it fucking pisses me off, and let me tell you why. And it's not because I'm racist, just to clarify for anybody that's going to try to dub me a racist, because believe me, I know it's everywhere in the world now. Everybody's a racist all the time, especially, you know. Anyway. Let's say I live right here where I do, and I do. Okay, I live here. And let's just say that my neighbors directly below me, I'm not going to say if this is true or not, are not white, okay? Because that's basically what they're saying, right? Students of color, non-white, I think. Um, they're not white, okay? So they're whatever. Let's say they're Hispanic. English-speaking, but they're Hispanic. And let's just say that... On the bottom floor, to the right side of me, is a African-American family. Now, we all live in the same area. We all speak English. All of our kids are around the same age. We all live in the same areas. That means we all go to the same schools, unless somebody's in private. But as far as I know, everybody's in public school. So we have access to the same schools. We are in this essentially nearly the same environment. Um, one would guess that based on where we live, we must be close to the same uh, economical status and uh, I'm just curious, how the fuck does somebody have less of an advantage because of that? Do they really have a less of an advantage? Is there any less advantage for any one of them? Because this is what I don't like. I don't like to put people in boxes and think that, oh, the colored kid is at more of a disadvantage than the non-colored kid, even though, again, they're all colors. I can't say that enough. Everybody has a color, damn it. So stop saying the colored people. There's no disadvantages. I don't like the bureaucracy that exists. And this is a big problem that I have because I think that too often now bureaucracy has grown and grown and grown and it's big, 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 big. And everybody that's in government or everybody now that's in the public sector seems thinks that somehow they are a superhero of some kind and they're out to solve all the world's problems and they're going to fix all the things. And so now we're going to say, well, you know, historically, based on mathematics, you know, the uh, African-American population is uh, their graduation rate is about 13 percent lower than the Caucasian-American. Therefore, they're at a disadvantage. So we need to put more services and more dollars towards those kids and try to help them up, bringing that up to the average. Boom. No, that's not the issue. Just, no. Ah! Perhaps it's the family. Perhaps it's the upbringing. Perhaps it's the very thing that society believes is somehow you're at a disadvantage. And it's repeated over and over by the people that are supposed to be there to help you and educate you. They put you at a disadvantage. They label you as disadvantage. Well, Johnny on the top floor, the white guy, he's in an advantage only because it's simply because we're going to go on the white color. And the guy below him, who's a brown guy who speaks English as well and from the exact same area in the same schools, well, he's at a disadvantage because he's a Hispanic. American. And the guy at the bottom, well, he's an African-American. He's clearly at a disadvantage because, well, statistically, the numbers say that. Ooh, what? Oh, and by the way, your dad, 
makes X amount of dollars. Your dad makes X amount of dollars. You make far less than the guy, other guy. So you are definitely low income. You are at a disadvantage because by numbers, you don't graduate as often. And we need to do more in school to help you. No, 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 we don't. Perhaps, my friends, what we need to do is an entire society, not a fucking bureaucracy, is we need to do more for the families outside of here, for the communities, for the empowerment of all people. We need to get rid of races. We need to stop talking about people based on color. And I hate it when people talk about color. I don't look at somebody and think there's a black dude, there's a white dude, there's a blue dude. I actually joke with one of my clients sometimes. She's not a white person. I won't say what she is, but sometimes she refers to people and she's like, oh, the white girl, the whatever girl. And I give her a hard time because I'm like, I don't really care what they are. You can tell the story without that. And it's just kind of a funny habit because society has built that in because society, just like in these papers, you reference people of color over and over and over. Why? We're all the same, dude. We're all people. Focus more on teaching them and teaching them hard and not trying to come down. Don't try to, don't try to tend and, and get down here to that five, 10% bracket that, that are struggling, that are not coming through. Why don't we put a bunch of fucking resources in the 90, 95% and just let them crush the other five and 10 are going to come up. And if not, guess what? Take that money and don't put it into school, put it in the community, put it in programs outside of the schools, put it in the private sector to help these people come up. I don't need more bureaucracy. That is my rant for the day. Y'all. I am your host, Jake Harwood, reminding you to eat clean, train dirty, and do me a favor. Don't call me a white dude. I'm just a dude. And my friends that aren't white, don't call them black dudes. They're just dudes. And my friends that are Hispanic, don't call them brown peeps. Just call them peeps. After all, aren't we all just people? Until next time. See ya!